<laughs> oh wait, hang on, hang on, wait, no, we've got, we've got, we've got the wrong setting on. We didn't turn off the festive switch. Oh 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 Welcome to Big Damn Cast. Uh, uh, mm, a few milestones here yes. that I don't think either of us are expecting. One, this is the first Christmas episode we're recording uh, the week of. The week uh, of, yes. Normally we record these way in advance, these a bad boys. Three days before. Yeah, we not we normally get around to this this shite um, on sort of late November time. Um yeah. It's also uh, the first Christmas special that we're recording over Skype, which yes. normally all the episodes in the run-up to Christmas would be recorded over Skype because of, of work. Um, so it's kind of like, oh, it's the first one we're doing in real time, but we're doing it like we would were things normal still. Yes. And yet it's also, weirdly, the 52nd episode this year, meaning this will be the first Big Damn Cast year ever to have 53 episodes instead of 52 because of where the week has fallen over the course of uh, everything, which is strange and plays havoc with my uh, inbuilt OCD over the folders and playlists because it means next week's episode won't be the best of 2020, the uh, the worst of 2020, best of whatever. It won't be the roundup episode because that has to wait another week. So that's true. That is weird to me. Is that strikes me as odd. New Year's filler episode. I mean, let's face it. Um, best of 2020, rest of 2021 is going to be 10 minutes long yeah. this time around. <laughs> Nothing good happened. Everything else is happening this year. What occurred this year? Fuck all. What's happening next year? No point putting no dates idea. on it. I'm Chris. Jesus Christ. Johnson. And I'm I'm Matthew. You don't need to know the rest of my name. Watson. No. And oh, and we uh, we're here with Big Dumb Cast, nerdy news, geeky gossip, stuff fit to fill the time before the inevitable log flume towards the grave. Because um, let's at least make it a fun journey there, right? Yes. Let's make it fun. Despite, if you had to take... despite how the BBC try to ruin things by nominating J.K. Rowling for writing awards for her essays. Oh, fuck me. So I, d- I don't know if that's the worst thing they've done this week. It's either that or confirm five more Mrs. Brown's Christmas specials. <laughs> they oh. can't decide which is the worst crime against humanity. That's the thing. One of them is Same. morally unforgivable and reprehensible and the other is nominating J.K. Rowling <laughs> for... <laughs> Yeah, that was gross, wasn't it? The only thing they could think of to top giving us five more Mrs. Brown's Boys festive specials was saying that J.K. Rowling's essay on why trans people don't exist is one of the five best essays of the year. (sighs) Just what a tone deaf. (laughs) It's so stupid. Have you read the the write-up for it as well? 
I read the first couple sentences and went, I I have to go now. And I just, I left it be. I have no opinion on the issue she raises. (laughs) Fuck off. But I stand by the fact that she has, you know what that is? That's somebody who doesn't agree with her being told to write about her for that thing and having to just go i don't know i have no opinion on the topic what i'm talking about is her expressing her views and that is a good thing and in the face of adversity face of adversity what about the fucking hundreds of thousands of people whose lives have been made shittier because of the rhetoric she's spreading and the misinformation she's she's spreading facing such adversity merry christmas motherfuckers merry christmas Um, Everyone! Oh, to everyone, my boy! This is this is since valid. the new um, this is since the new director general took over and was like, oh, the BBC is too left leaning. We need to make more right leaning content. What's too left leaning? All the comedy it keeps poking fun at the government and and the and the right. What like Great. comedy does? <laughs> cool, like comedy's meant to do. Punch upwards. Do you remember how when Blair was in power, it was all about Blair and taking the piss out of Blair? Do you remember that? Do you remember that? You don't? Of course you don't, because the right have been power for far too long. Maybe it's time for a change. The point is, hi, this isn't a political podcast, but if you disagree with us, you're a twat. So, um, I'm, I'm being facetious for the sake of comedy. Or whatever it is we're calling this. Comedy's probably a too strong a word. What no, we do have... Funny. Yeah, that's very fine. <laughs> I know that. I've been doing a pantomime for the last two solid weeks and no fuckers ever laughed at my <laughs> jokes. Uh, to be fair, I there's mean, no one else in the room. There was no one in the room because it was live streamed from a green screen yeah. studio. So I, maybe they were laughing at my jokes, but I didn't hear it. <laughs> um, that's been weird this year. We'll get back to pantomimes in a bit as well. We'll talk a bit about it. But um, uh, our Christmas tradition this year is sort of um, flattened out because normally we would record a Christmas special in November, get a bit pissed, maybe have some mince pies, stick on something Festoyev or talk about Festoyev films or yay. Um, whereas this time we... Oh, sorry, the ghost of Christmas past is peering around the door. No, just asking me if I fed the pets while uh, she's been out. To which the answer is, ho, ho, no. No, I've, I've not. Ho, ho, no. Um, yeah, because it's Christmas and they need to learn to be grateful. So uh, I've let them fight amongst themselves. But this year, we had two pre-records to go out of the last two weeks, in case anyone was, was completely surprised to hear that news. Um, meaning that this week, we've got catch-ups to do. So we're going to get festive later. But first off... The two weeks we take off. Yes. Disney just drops trowel and unleashes a festive... You know the mashed potato mountain from Close Encounters? <laughs> it was that, but every it was entirely composed of Star Wars TV shows. Which is impressive, like the amount of fibre they've had to eat. To... <laughs> I mean, how... Oprah Winfrey of spin-offs. <laughs> it was just like, you get a spin-off! <laughs> And you get a spin-off. And you get a spin-off. And I suppose Nat Geo gets some stuff. But you get a spin-off. And you get a spin-off. Everyone's getting a spin-off. It's like oh, the old God. EU. But instead of like short stories in a collection, it's a spin-off TV show. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. getting one. Yeah. Um, Letters. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up the full thing so we can cover every show. Yeah, because I, I, I just is, kind of... Uh, is was, happening. I saw all the news come out and I was just like, I can't deal with all this right now. I can't sift yeah. through all this. I mean, there was a hell of a lot. Like The shareholders yeah. are not usually the people you think of going to for all of your new shit. No, no, it's... it's <laughs> it was just a, a, a huge... Dr- that, I think that was what put me off from, from being able to sort of go through it all, was because there's been so many rumours, particularly with things like, oh, this Star Wars thing, and 
Spider-Man news and all sorts of that. I was like, I can't, I don't want to have to sift through and and sort what the casting rumours are from the actual announcements and all that nonsense. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. A lot of, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fair, it's a fairly large it's, amount of so things much to stuff. suddenly drop trow and reveal to the world, but I'd say ultimately it's just encouraging because I one of the few platforms this year I have really, you know, been happy to have has, has been um, Disney Plus. Mostly just to have access to things that I enjoy already, knowing that yeah, there it is, I can leap in and check it out whenever I want. Mm. But um, the promise of the new stuff at the start of this year was one of the hooks. A lot of that new stuff got delayed indefinitely in some uh, some cases. Um, we got oh, those dates coming other sooner than we think. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I. I mean, we didn't get it last year, but we're getting it now, mother truckers. Um, but it, it's uh, it was still kind of oh, I'm paying for this thing, but I'm not really getting it yet. That's kind of upsetting. Yeah, sure. And then this stock shareholder meeting happens and goes. <laughs> Oh no no no! Don't don't worry about it. That like, uh, like eighty quid you've paid over the course of this year, you're gonna feel it's worth it retroactively. It's fine. Okay, don't even like, trip, dog. We got you. <laughs> yeah, you son of a bitch. I'm in. So, Investor Day 2020. Here are the announcements in order of the public release. All right. This uh, is this, so... this is this is them, baby cakes. I'll I'll tell you which ones I haven't hadn't heard. Raya and the Last Dragon, the Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents uh, next motion picture, which was yeah, we knew uh, about that. originally coming either late this year, early next year. However, uh, that is coming to uh, c- cinemas that can obviously show it um, and Disney Plus premiere access. So Mulan uh, style, yeah. but probably with a revised price point, let's be honest. I wouldn't, be, I, I wouldn't um, assume that. Well, they made a huge loss on Mulan. Not, they made uh, not... a huge loss on Disney Plus. Yeah, but they made they made a huge loss on Mulan uh, with that model. The second week, it dropped down by like seventy eight percent. So, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a revised pl- price point. Failing that, they'll do what they did with Mulan and less than a month later, put it out on physical media and digital download. Yeah. Um. So I do want to see this, and if the reviews are decent, but the price is stupid, I'll happily wait for the Blu Ray and pick up the Blu Ray when it comes yeah. out, or it's a bit cheaper. But yeah, uh, Raya and the Last Dragon is coming March the 5th. Um, across Disney+, Plus, Hotstar, Hulu, and ESPN+, Plus, Disney Direct Consumer Services have over 137 million subscriptions. In 2021, Disney+, Plus will launch more markets, including Eastern Europe, South Korea, Hong Kong, and more. So, the expansion. It be happening, my lord. Yes. Um, also, uh, launching soon are Star and Star Plus, general entertainment content brands outside of the US that will build on the success of Disney Plus, and it'll end up becoming the sixth brand title in the app across Europe and Australia and Canada going forward. Yeah. What this means is essentially a lot of the TV stuff that works within Hulu and all, and Hotstar will be congregated into a, hey, have you got Disney Plus? Here's an extra category with reality TV, documentary TV specials that we wouldn't put in the other categories. Because, of course, the categories at the minute are Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, um, and Nat Geo. So yes. here's more things, everybody. Which, you know, great. Sure. New new, uh, new category. Um, 
That's also where they're going to put their sort of adult-oriented <laughs> movies as well that they got from Fox, isn't it? Yeah, Hulu will... Uh, so Star Plus in other territories will launch exclusive original films produced by 20th Century Studios and Searchlight. So yeah. 20th Century Studios is going to be in two divisions, including Searchlight. So Fox Searchlight lives on, which is good, encouraging to hear in terms of like at least the kind of films that will be released now that Disney have hold of it. Yeah. This, this, this I assume Searchlight... And 20th Century Studios will also effectively replace, uh, you know, the old Miramax um, uh, staple and and Touchstone, things like that. The stuff that Disney yeah. would normally put out non-kids entertainment through. It's like, well, we can put it out through this now. Yeah. Um, so let's head into the field for updates from ESPN. Uh, basically, a shitload of new football, American football deals Don't have care. been made. Don't care. Uh, and we're okay. We're skipping through. I mean, Don't there's documentary. Care. Okay, we're skipping through. I mean, uh, what, what's the documentary <laughs> stuff? Ah, uh, you don't care. Okay. Uh, that's what it's called. Don't <laughs> Matt, Matt, don't care. Coming don't soon care. to Hulu. Uh, speaking of Hulu, brand new series, uh, "Only Murders in the Building," uh, is reuniting Steve Martin and Martin Short. Um, it's a comedy season uh, with Selena Gomez mm. joining them on that one. Uh, the duh, 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 you may have heard the unbelievable tale of Elizabeth Holmes, but not like this. The Dropout, starring Kate McKinnon, is coming to Hulu and Star. Uh, Dope Sick, a harrowing new drama series starring Michael Keaton, Peter Skarsgård, and Rosario Dawson, hmm. uh, who they are investing in. More on that later. Nicole Kidman and Melissa McCarthy are starring in Nine Perfect Strangers, a new thriller series from David E. Kelly. Um, hmm. Handmaid's Tales returning. Uh, for season four and season five. Okay. Weird weird to think that that will be available on Disney Plus, but there we go. Hey. Um, new seasons of Atlanta, American Horror Story, Dave, What We Do in the Shadows, yes. Mayans, Better Things, Snowfall, and Archer are all coming to the Fox Networks, so Hulu and Star for the European territories. So we'll be getting Archer and, and uh, Bat uh, on <laughs> Disney Plus which is a weird thought. Yeah. Um, the Old Man, where Jeff Bridges stars as a former CIA operative who's forced to reconcile with his past is coming to FX on Hulu. No word on whether that is a film or a series, but I imagine a series because it's FX. Um, yeah, from the, from creator Ryan Murphy, <laughs> comes American <laughs> Horror Stories, a new anthology spin-off from American Horror Stories. Oh, an anthology spin-off of the anthology series. Show. Well, my, my main criticism of American Horror Story has always been that it's way too, it's way too lax on itself as an anthology. So maybe this is one where I'll actually like it. Who maybe. knows? I don't know. I don't care for American Horror Story. I always think each series should be five episodes shorter and pick one fucking topic. It's in an asylum. Oh god, that can be quite, um, quite frightening and tense. Yeah, and there's Nazis. What? Mm? And also aliens, huh? And Satan. The f fucking pick one lane. Anyway, let's see I, oh. how many episodes James Corden's in. Um, uh, scripted anthology series from BJ Novak. Platform uh, coming to FX. Uh, okay. Character-driven stories about the world we live in today. Um, we have Reservation Dogs, a new half-hour comedy series about four Native American teenagers growing up on a reservation in eastern Oklahoma. Uh, currently in development from co-creators Sterling Harjo and Taika Waititi. Um, so they're FX continuing their relationship with Taika. Uh, it's taken a million fucking years, but Brian K. Vaughan and Paya Guerra's Why the Last Man is coming to Disney Plus through the I FX and Stars extension. 
don't believe you. Starring Diane Lane. Uh, so that is on its way. I will believe it when I see it with my own peepers. Well, when some I else... sit down and watch that first episode, <laughs> some else then I will could... believe it. Somewhere else you're going to see with your own peepers. Uh, Fargo and Legion's Noah Hawley is bringing us Alien. Yes. FX's TV series spinning out of the world of the uh, 1970s classic. I so, think apparently they've got multiple Alien series in development. Well, that's, that's the first confirmed. That's the first yeah. like project. And it's current, currently in development is the... Is the category so basically we're having meetings and it's going to happen, but we don't have a surefire plan yet. So everyone hang tight. I'd like to see more alien stuff that James uh, James um, Ridley Scott leaves the hell alone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lastly, for FX, they're developing a retelling of James Clavell's saga Shogun, um, which is coming to FX, which has its title, but currently no other information. Okay. Uh, It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Is renewed through to season eighteen. Nice. Making it the longest running sitcom in American TV history. Live action. Um, now for Lucasfilm. Uh, at the time, their announcement was, catch up on the new series of Mandalorian. As of today, and again, following on what we're going to be doing in a bit after this, guys. Spoilers for Mando Series 2. Yeah. So tread with, tread with caution from this moment on. As of today, there is no confirmation of Mandalorian Series 3. But that may be because the characters will be involved in a different story, which we'll get to. Um, so, yeah, that it was odd. People thought that was strange because they said that there were 10 Lucasfilm projects to talk about and they only announced nine. They announced nine and mentioned Mandalorian catch up on series two now on Disney+. Plus. Hmm. We, now, we now know what the 10th is. Um, as of the end credits of the Mandalorian episode 16. I would uh, be shocked if there's not a season three. Yeah, I think I think if we get in a season three of Mando proper, it'll be after that. So probably a 2022 yeah, season, which is fine. We have a lot of Star Wars to look forward to. There's no rush. Um, it seems from the way that Pedro Pascal's been talking on social media, it seems like he's not done with it. So yeah, and maybe he's in the thing we will mention later. Who knows? No one's surprised. Who me. knows or dares to dwell? Because there's a massive thread left open at the end of episode sixteen, where it's like, no, but where are they going with that though? Where, where's forget, forget that thing. Where's Din's story gonna go now? Yeah. After he gets hold of the thing. Anyway, um, Rangers of the New Republic, an original yep. series set within the timeline of the Mandalorian, is coming to Disney Plus. So, Rangers of the New Republic, no cast or anything announced as of yet, but likely to be a vehicle for, or was intended to be a vehicle for Cara Dune, perhaps? Because it seems Possibly. to be about law keep, you know, law keepers and, and um, marshals and rangers and cops of the New Republic, so... Possibly, I mean, hell, if they turn around and will end, if they turn around and went starring Timothy Oliphant as Cobb, um, what's it? Yeah, what's his name? What's his name again? Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth. Yeah, like I'd be like, yeah, sure, fucking bring it on. Um, Ahsoka, a new original st- series starring Rosario Dawson, set within the timeline of the Mandalorian, is coming to Disney Plus. So this will either be set pre uh, the Jedi episode of um, Mando series two or post. Probably post, considering yes. the Rebels story is apparently not done as of The Mandalorian. So, yeah. Um, Andor, an original series set in the Star Wars universe, is streaming 2022. It is already well into production, 
Um, we knew about this. We knew that a Cassian Andor and K2SO series was in development. We now know what it is and that it is, of course, set before Rogue One because otherwise, the fuck? Um, Diego Luna, he's a great actor. I didn't rate him in Rogue One. I hope we get to see a little bit more charisma. Yeah, I, thought, I thought he was and good. I hope we just get to see um, a bit more charisma and, and levels from Cassian Andor this time around because I always found Cassian so boring. I was like, oh, for God's sake. But I think a lot of that was down to just the screen time for the character. Yeah, an, inter- an interesting story and not much room given to explore it. Well, now we get the room uh, in Andor. Um, which, to be fair, is a very Star Wars sounding name. Andor, a Star Wars series. It's like, oh, okay, sure. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which we knew about. Um, it is coming to Disney Plus, but the big reveal here was of another cast member joining the show. Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader. Which is an interesting choice. Because, <clears throat> like, he's in a mask, right? Like, yeah. does um, it have to be Hayden? I guess Hayden just went, look, he's not I've, got that a, tall. I've, got, I've got a very free 2021 and I still have the platform shoes. <laughs> so if you want to, like, I just, I don't yeah. mind. Like, I know Pedro's not in the suit all the time, but, like, he's in it a bit and gets paid. So, like. I could I think, do that. I think he's been on. I think he's been in the suit a lot more for season two. You can tell when he's in the suit because he has broader shoulders than the other performer. Oh, okay. I noticed that in the last episode. Really obvious. I was like, "Yep." Now, so I now, believe... now I can play the drink when it's Pedro game. I can, I can believe the next. In fact, I'll drink now. The... Hey, it's. Cold. I believe the biggest reason he wasn't in the suit that much for season one was scheduling. Wonder Woman eighty four as well. Yeah. Been filming that like a bad so, boy. I believe he's been in the suit much more for season two. Yeah, he's so good. But yeah, um, yeah. Obi Wan and Anakin. Uh, who'll have the high ground? Probably McGregor. He's slightly taller. Hey. Um, we got a sneak peek at Star Wars: The Bad Batch, the new animated series spinning out of uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, well, I'm slowly making my way through Clone Wars. <clears throat> I'm at the start of season two now, so I'll... I'm I'm late season two. I'm at all the Mandalore stuff. Yeah, I'll I'm enjoying probably it. Get there by the time this airs. Where where you're at right now is kind of like sort of the Saturday morning cartoon filler yeah, it's fine. season. Like... like it's it's not great. It's got fun moments. But it's mostly just sort of comfort food in the background. Yeah. What was the last one I watched? I think it was. Um... I mean, have you have you had uh, have you had um, what's his name? Is it is it, is it Cad Bane? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, there's some interesting characters rock up. We like, oh, they're kind of cool. They're kinda I think cool. the one with the brain worms was the one I watched. Well, that's season two, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What I mean. Oh shit! Oh, so you're on. You're on. Um, Genosis. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's I'm where off it, Geonosis that's now. I think. But that's yeah. where it starts to keep with arcs like it has arcs now going yeah, forward yeah. yeah it's more fun where you're at from where you're at um it's like it's like when you introduced me to the american office it's office series uh series two rules just skip to office series two yeah, yeah. um so the bad batch yeah uh clone troopers and i mean the trailer even ends with the clone wars logo burning away to reveal the logo for the bad batch yeah. so it's it's and... the same sort of art style meaning that even though rebels was similar but, you know, uh, Resistance and everything is looks completely different. If you want to stick with that aesthetic, the Bad Batch. Um, well, some of those characters turn up in Rebels, so presumably that'll be filling in these ga- those the gaps for Captain oh, yeah. Rex and the crew. And there's uh, a lot of Tarkin as well in the trailer, which does oh, make me happy. interesting. 
Star Wars Visions, an original series of animated short films celebrating the Star Wars galaxy through the lens of the world's best Japanese anime creators. So effectively, the Animatrix for Star Wars for a whole season. The Anakin. (laughs) Do you remember when people thought that was going to be a new thing after the Animatrix? Like, the only only other studio that attempted it was still Warner's. It was uh, Gotham Knight. Yeah. Um, Which was was sort of just before uh, The Dark Knight came out. Yeah. They released Gotham Knight, and it was just like six short films, all in different animation styles, set in the world of Bale's Batman, Nolan's Batman, and it's great. But it's kind of like, yep. And then the tradition died. <laughs> well, yeah. it's it's back now, but with Star Wars and anime, and I'm intrigued. I can't yeah. lie. Follow me, curious. Lando Calrissian is returning in Lando, uh, which at the time they didn't confirm, but it appears that. Uh, uh, Donald, yeah, Donald is reprising Donald the role. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, joking about like, oh, can it not be? Can it not be like uh, young in, in young Indiana Jones Chronicles or whatever, and have like the way they wanted that to be, and have Billy D. Williams do the intro and the outro, like as old Lando telling a story hey, I, to someone. I mean, I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, in fact, fuck it, just give us a parallel storyline. Yeah. Where we see where we see it out in out of sequence. But yeah. More work for Donald Glover's fine by me. The guy's talented motherfucker. Um, and an excellent Lando. And, and looks good in a cape. Sure, uh, boy, does he look good in a cape. Leslie Headland brings a new Star Wars series to Plus called The Acolyte. Described, yeah, so... yeah, described as a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic. So, yeah, so this is interesting because yeah. this is the first sort of... Uh, non not like this is the first uh, filmed material for the high republic sort of setting yeah. that's been announced because they've announced novels and comics yeah and a few of them have come out um, already and like toys seem to be on the horizon as well nothing and... for like visual media so this will be interesting this is the this is this going to be the live action star wars series that your emo teen self uh, wished it had seen boys and girls. Uh, it's the closest lots... we're going to get to a Knights of the Old Republic. <clears throat> yeah, but from the POV of a Sith conspiracy. So it's like, okay, sure. Lucasfilm Animation is teaming up with Lucasfilm's visual effects team, ILM, to develop Star Wars Adventure for Disney Plus, a droid story. Um, so this appears oh. to be like a spiritual successor to uh, Caravan of Courage, droids, like that kind of the 80s attempts to spin off Star Wars into animation. Um, oh, but being made by the same teams who've worked on Clone Wars and a shitload of movies over the years. So it's like, okay, I'm intrigued. And they have confirmed that R2-D2 and C-3PO will be in it, but they will not be the main character. The main character will be a new droid character. Oh, good, because droids were so great. <laughs> it was so great. Don't make me put on Caravan of Courage, boy. <laughs> we'll Ewok it. Lucasfilm announcements, uh, obviously we can talk about it uh, now that another one that they've announced since is the book of Boba Fett, uh, which appears to be the tenth project from the Star Wars side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Tamura Morrison and Ming Na Wen confirmed as returning. We will talk about what that could mean in a little while. Yes. Uh, Lucasfilm also had a couple more announcements. Willow, an ongoing original series from Lucasfilm. I think this has been all but been <clears throat> confirmed. Yeah, but uh, starring Warwick Davis and yeah. pi- pilot already made, presumably directed by John Chu. So okay, 
Yeah, going to be interesting. Uh, I should revisit it can't, Willow. Surely it can't be about Willow Willow, because Warwick Davis is a hard-working actor, but like that's a lot of episodes to lump on somebody of that age. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a lot to it's a lot to yeah. give him if it's going to be to that same level of like action adventure and swashbuckle and fantasy as the film. I can imagine it's probably going to go down the ensemble cast route. We'll see. We'll because you know the, the how many more series. I'm not saying what I'm making it sound like. Roy Davis is like ninety, but do you know what I mean. It's just like how many more. And also, is it going to be weird to have a, a Willow thing without uh, Mad Martigan in it? No, because I doubt Kilmer's <laughs> going to be involved. Like he, he can't talk really anymore no so no. it's it's which sucks because he's a big part of why that film's enjoyable as well the two of them in it are brilliant so i don't know i color me intrigued but I, I don't know where they could go with this unless they're about to like unleash a like a willow the next generation sort of concept onto us all hmm. um but didn't we say all we needed to say in the first willow um must we go tropical yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke's film is also in pre-production on the next installment of Indiana Jones which we've touched on before the only thing keeping me intrigued in this <sighs> the only man. thing keeping me intrigued is Ford v Ferrari slash Le Mans 66 uh, and Logan director James Mangold is is heading it that's the only thing that's got me going he did a story about a grizzled hero on his liter- literally on his last legs dealing with the shit around him and pulled it off. Can he do it again? With Indy? Maybe. So that I, I, if you have to make this movie, casting Mangold is the smart decision. Oh, sorry, uh, giving Mangold the job of directing it is the smart decision. Yeah. Is it a film we need to see? I think a lot of our hold-ups, hang-ups I about mean, it, exist because we've already seen them attempt a new indie movie and it sucked. Yeah. Now, I mean, is, is any film a film we need to see, really, yes. Chris? Yes. Yes. Is it? Yeah. But is it? Yeah, Galaxy Quest. Everyone should watch <laughs> it at least once a month. Um, so now we move into into the Star Wars film realm. Uh, oh well, before we do, Lucasfilm also announced Children of Blood and Bone, uh, the best uh, New York Times bestselling novel by uh, Tomi Adeyemi. Uh, uh Apologies, Tomi. Um. Is being developed by Lucasfilm. Uh, Coming of age adventure follows a young African girl's quest to restore magic to her forsaken people, the Magi. So, okay. Lucasfilm original property based on a novel that's nothing to do with Lu- George Lucas's previous properties. Great. Okay, let's do it. Um, Taika Waititi definitely confirmed to be making a Star Wars movie. We knew, but they also released like an image logo, which was it sort of looked like the holiday specials logo. Yeah, which is like. Huh. What could this be? I I'm there. I mean, the guy's meant to be fronted up a load of uh, animated Roald Dahl adaptations for Netflix. At first, I was like, "Do we need those?" Taika Waititi's doing it, and I'm interested. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> Best Star Wars news, as far as I was concerned, though, came from Patty Jenkins. Yes. the The teaser trailer has nothing to do with the content of the film, rather why she's doing it. Um, she talks about her father, her late father, was a fighter pilot in the uh, the Air Force in the States. And, and you know, uh, she always looked up to him. She grew up on runways and, and learning about the people who, like, risk their lives for their country and who fly and, you know, do the impossible. And she was always sort of looking for a story to tell that could incorporate her love and admiration for her father into, into uh, a world. And you can, now, now that I've, she said that, 
you can see it in Wonder Woman in the first one. God, you can see it. Yeah. It is there. Like it's like okay, okay. Uh, and in the teaser, she basically says, "I've the the two things have come together, and I can tell the story that I think I'm excited to tell." And it's freaking Rogue Squadron. We are getting a new Star Wars movie, which we we before this we did not know we were getting anytime soon. No. Um, and it looks set for a 2022 release, so we're getting a new Star Wars film in the you know imminent future. And it's by Patty Jenkins, and it's based on one of the most beloved video games to come out of the franchise. Well, um, it, it was an EU subseries first. <clears throat> oh yeah, but I, it, for for me, I'll always think of the N sixty four. Like yeah. I'm always thinking of that kind of <gasps> oh yeah. But I know what you mean. It, it's because I mean it's had a, it's had a resurgence lately as Squadrons um, yes. for the current gen, which was received like fairly well. It was like yeah, it's fun. Like it's a flight. It's a flight game. It's Star Wars themed. It's not full price. So if you want something that's going to take you like eight hours to complete, go. Go enjoy. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, I think people were more into the multiplayer. So Yeah. Oh, come on. Apparently very good. Flying around with your friends in space. Yes, please. Sounds awesome. Um, Mm. Apparently it's also set post Rise of Skywalker. Now that intrigues me. Um, Because it means we're not about to get a rejig of any previous Rogue Squadron stories from the yeah because you'd have from to the have legends universe yeah wedge and luke i mean you, you could have you could still have wedge in this because we know he's alive thanks to um rise of skywalker making a cheeky little cameo so i don't think he will be though oh he will that'll be why he did the cameo so we could be like yeah fuck it <laughs> <laughs> sign me up sailor um nat geo we've got a documentary on uh cousteau jacques cousteau uh, called Cousteau. Um, from executive producers Brian Grazer and Ron Howard, the fourth installment of Genius will premiere exclusively on Disney Plus and is all about Martin Luther King Jr. Cool. Um, Secrets of the Whales, narrated by Sigourney Weaver uh, for Nat Geo. Um, uh, oh, God, and Jim Cameron and Nat, uh, Nat Geo explorer Brian Scary shot it. So there we go. Okay, that should be. He's got, he's got to do summit whilst putting Avatar releases back again. Um. <laughs> Uh, a Real Bug's Life is an adventure into a world beyond your imagination where life is a completely different scale and little creatures rely on amazing powers to make it through the day. So that is definitely a, hey... Post-Brexit n- Britain. Now we're... we're <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a, hey Disney, hey Nat Geo, now that like we're working together, can we make a documentary but use sort of the title of one of our films? Yeah, sure, why not? I'm intrigued. The, the, the teaser promo image for it is this insanely high definition shot of a tiny beetle with psychedelic colors all over it and i'm like okay sure i take me there let's go america the beautiful an ambitious story of north america so you know uh propaganda um go on a mission to discover the limits of the human body and find out how to stay healthier and younger for longer from nat geo limitless with chris hemsworth is a one-part science one-part action adventure documentary um so basically chris evans going I'm really fit, and here's how I could be fit in snow, and here's how I could be fit in water. Welcome to Anatomy Park. (laughs) 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 Um, Oh, God. Darren Aronofsky has teamed up with Will Smith um, to... (laughs) This is only the... Do you know about this? To make... Father... No, it's a documentary. It's a documentary about uh, the secrets of the planet's most extraordinary unexplained phenomena. 
So Darren Aronofsky's shooting it. Oh, what? Will Smith is hosting it. What? So essentially the Chris Hemsworth one and this one seem to be the continuation of the world according to Jeff Goldblum formula of like, we're going to take someone who you love, who can deliver these stories and be passionate about it and, and be interesting. Uh, I think it's a good call. Like if they've got the money, yeah, all right, sure, like sure. get more people interested into the national ge- interested in the National Geographic stuff who maybe wouldn't have checked it out before. Um, like I prefer this to the reality TV. But the thing about this is the working title for this show, and I'm so upset that it's the working title because it better be the fucking title. So just to reiterate, it's about the extraordinary unexplained phenomena of our planet, right? Yeah. Going yeah. Will Smith and Darren Aronofsky going around the world and looking at things like, you know, geysers and volcanoes and things like that okay. what do you think the working title is I, I, I don't know welcome to earth oh now if they don't keep that as welcome to earth i will only accept welcome to earth as an alternative or oh, welcome to earth yeah earth <laughs> but they've put that working title in brackets i'm like no no, no, no that's the it's title. about Will, Will Smith hosting it. It's Welcome to Earth. Yeah, it's Freaking do it. Oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> Disney Plus updates. Da, 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 da. Uh, Melissa McCarthy someone they're investing in because uh, she's been producing some of these, so keep an eye out for her. Uh, but the first one is uh, <laughs> uh, Lauren Graham is joining returning uh, performer Emilio Estevez. For Mighty Ducks, The Game Changers. What? The series picks up with the film left off. So, I guess they're doing Cobra Kai, but for the Mighty Ducks? Could sure. be great, could be great, could be pointless. I'll look at the trailer. Um, inspired by the classic film, so it's a remake, uh, Josh Peck of Drake and Josh fame um, is in Turner and Hooch. They're doing Turner and Hooch sure. again. Sure, of course. Hey, just as long as they're not hiring Drake Bell. Um, Big Shot is a celebration of girl power set in the world of high school basketball, starring John Stamos. Ah, oh, that fantastic uh, female lead, John Stamos. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown and Jessalyn Gilsig. Um, another mystery is unfolding. Join Tony Hale and Kristen Shaw. I'm already in. Uh, in the mysterious Benedict Society, based on the international best-selling book series. Yeah, okay. You you had me at Tony Hale and Kristen Scholl, to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm so sorry, everyone. What? The Kardashian Jenners will create new global content under a multi-year deal to stream exclusively on Hulu in the US and on multiple territories on Star International. All right. Goodbye. Yeah. Prepare for movie magic. It's time for an update on Disney Studios. Coming exclusively to Disney Plus is Hocus Pocus 2. We yes. knew this was happening. We yes. knew it was happening. The recent like reunion charity stream where they got a shitload of the cast together and, and Bette Midler got them there. They're all in character and everything. It's like, yeah, this is going to happen. Yeah, um, I'm down for that. Uh, Three Men and a Baby's getting a remake. Um, sure. Starring Zac it. Efron. So that seems to be the thing. Disney di- original Disney Channel stars who are now movie stars and TV stars in their own right coming back to Disney Plus to do remakes of films that don't need remakes seems to be sure. a bit of a thread. Uh, Sa- Safety, an original film premiered last week on Disney Plus, inspired uh, by the former Clemson University football safety Ray McElrath Bay. 
The film follows a young man facing a series of challenging, challenging circumstances whose dedication helps him triumph over adversities. So they they announced that on the day, and then it came out the next day. Um, three new original movies inspired by the real life, life stories of Chris Paul, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Keanan Lowe. So sports stories, original films based on sports stars. Sure. Great. There's stories to be told there. Um, a cynical young comic book fan and her superpowered squirrel sidekick team up in Flora and Ulysses, an original movie streaming in February. Sure. Um, like, I mean, I'd rather have Squirrel Girl, but sure. Sure. <sighs> you ready for this? No. Another remake? No. This time with uh, Gabrielle U- uh, Union. Gabrielle Union. Um, cheaper by the dozen. Yeah, on- I'd heard rumblings about this. I'm like, oh, sure, whatever. The only saving grace here for me is that it's uh, produced by Kenya Barris, the producer of Blackish. So okay. it's like, okay, let's. I mean, let's see. Um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid comes to Disney Plus uh, with an all new animated film, continuing okay. the live action film franchise. So sure. they're going sure. that way with it. Um, <clears throat> the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild is the next instalment in the Ice Age franchise. So basically Simon Pegg's character is leading a new film. Sounds like a fucking porn parody. Yeah, it does a bit, doesn't it? Uh, Night at the Museum's coming to Disney Plus with a new twist. This time it's animated. Sean Levy, director of the film trilogy, is producing the exhibits open on in 2021. Yes. Um, Embark embark on a thrill ride down the Amazon in Jungle Cruise with Dwayne Johnson, uh, Emily Blunt, et al uh sailing oh, yeah, that was supposed to come out this year wasn't this, it this year in june yeah um Fuck, jungle cruise sails into theaters july 2021 yeah okay i'll believe pre- it when i see it a prequel to the live action lion king is in development from barry jenkins di- director of moonlight why hans, hans zimmer pharrell williams and nicholas Brittell will provide the music why uh we now have a full cast confirmation for the little mermaid reimagining unquote uh directed by rob marshall featuring music from the original animation uh, with new music by alan menken and lin-manuel miranda so the only thing there to get me going huh is that they've teamed those two up to make new songs for it yeah okay i'm like all right the the current go-to guy for the disney stuff and the the composer of the majority of the renaissance and the songs we love okay so okay here is the confirmed cast. We already knew uh, Haley Bailey, uh, Halle Bailey, sorry, uh, is Ariel. Um, but we now have confirmation that Scuttle is Aquafina, who we knew was in it, but now we know. Jonah Howard King is Prince Eric. Melissa McCarthy is Ursula. Jacob Tremblay is Flounder. All right. Javier Bardem's King Triton. And most okay. intriguing of all, because the world could do with more of him, uh, Sebastian is going to be played by David Diggs. So there's there's a good pedigree in here. I just I'm still I just still don't give a fuck because these yeah. reimaginings are bullshit. Um, they're doing it's the same thing's happening again that happens each time. You hear the cast, you go, all right, okay, no, I don't like that. Oh, that's brilliant. And then the film comes out and you go, this was all pointless. Yeah. Chip and Dale are back in a hybrid live action animation feature directed by Akiva Schaefer, uh, starring John Mulaney and Andy Samberg as Chip and Dale respectively. Uh, the film's full title, and damn fucking right that this is the title, Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers. Yeah. <clears throat> so, there we are. Um, Pinocchio is getting the live-action reimagining, um, directed Sorry. by Robert Zemeckis, uh, starring Tom Hanks as Geppetto. 
So sure, okay, like, fine, whatever. Um, Peter Pan's getting redone sure. as a live action reimagining fine. titled Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh, David Lowry directs uh, an amazing cast, including uh, Jude Law as Captain Hook. Sure. I don't, I don't hate that casting, but again, what's it gonna do? Only 13, 14 bastard years too late, Disenchanted, a sequel to Enchanted, will stream exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Amy Adams is returning as Giselle. So, I want that, because I love the first one to absolute bits. It's just, a, it's like, really? This long? Okay, mm. sure. Uh, we'd heard rumblings, it's confirmed. Sister Act 3 is in development. Whoopi Goldberg returns to star and produce with Tyler Perry co-producing. Sure, whatever. I mean, more Whoopi, but you know. They're not that good. They're not as good as you remember them being. N- the second one's pretty damn great, but then it was no, it re- no, but then it was remade as a better movie called School of Rock. Anyway, so because let's face it, they're the exact same film. The only difference is one is a troubled school and one is a posh school. That's the difference in terms of the overall plot of the film. Obviously, there are bigger cultural differences in there, but. It's the same structure. Also, the exact same structure. I'll leave that up to the uh, listeners to interpret. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, they revealed some more of the character designs. Yeah. Uh, including uh, Ongis, these tiny little fuzzy animals in hats because sidekicks. And the actual dragon itself... Um, Sisu looks freaking gorgeous. It's a gorgeous design. In a world where we've had a million How to Train Your Dragon films, it's you know, it's it's tough to find original designs that don't make you go, yeah, but they did it so much better. They found a design and it looks really good. <laughs> this got me uh, harder than a fucking uh, something that gets hard. Um, Disney Animation's first ever original animated series are coming to Disney Plus. So the 90s tradition of the film spinning out into animated series is continuing, albeit with CGI shows made by the same studio. Okay. The shows are second spin-off for Big Hero 6. This one is Baymax. Alright. Zootopia Plus will be spinning out of Zootopia slash Zootropolis. Princess and the Frog is getting a spin-off called Tiana. And the one I'm most intrigued about is Moana, the animated series. Um, okay. I'm interested in these because have you seen any of Tangled, the animated series? No. It's fucking delightful. It is really good. It starts off with a film called Tangled Ever After, um, which is like a 45 minute long episode. Yeah. Um, and then the series goes on. It is brilliant. It, that is that's got a two D animation style. It looks like a craft paper picture book sort of style. Yeah. Uh, all the original cast return. Shitload of um, new songs with Alan Menken working on them. Uh, load of Broadway cast members and actors appear in it as various characters. It's it is it's delightful. Like it is real with Mandy Moore and um, Zachary Levi reprising their roles, and it's very very good. So the fact that they're going that worked, let's try it for more. I'm like okay. Let's see where this goes. Um, first of its kind collaboration, Disney Animation and Pan-African Entertainment Company Kugali are teaming up to create an all-new science fiction series called Iwaju, um, which from the promo image kind of looks like uh, if Black Panther didn't hold back okay. in terms of the design of um, Wakanda. 
It's a beautiful piece of concept. And what, what I mean by that is like if they were like, yeah, fuck it. Hover cars, skyscrapers shaped like sort of crowns. We're doing it. It looks gorgeous. Color me intrigued. Hmm. Um, Disney Animation Studios' all new film Encanto takes us to Colombia, where a magical family live in a magical home. Oh, yeah, Dire- we'd heard about this, yeah. Yeah, directed by Byron Howard and Jared Bush. A music by Lin-Manuel Miranda. That is coming yes. out later this year. Uh, next year, rather. Pixar time. Um, Jesus Christ, this is taking forever. Oh, it's... I know, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so, Pixar Souls premiering at Christmas. Uh, Soul is accompanied by a short, Spark short. Yep. Um, uh, called Burrow, following a young rabbit trying to build a, the home of her dreams. Uh, Inside Pixar documentary series has started now which is about actually sort of really delving behind the scenes of what it's like to work at that studio and their projects over the years so yeah think, that's think, gonna be completely impartial uh, well i think think marvel 616 and, and imagineering mm-hmm. story in terms of like the if you're after the history and just first-hand stories and anecdotes from the people involved this is the place to go obviously we're very cynical here because like crunch but it's gonna be somewhat we'll sanitized yeah yeah, but hey, Imagineering Story was a fun bit of educational content, and 616, what I've watched so far, has been quite fun, so I'll give it a spin. Um, then a collection of mini shorts called Pixar Popcorn are coming in January, uh, with favourite characters and all new bite-sized stories. So basically, the Toy Story stories did well, so they've gone, let's just do yeah. it with more of the films. Yeah, um, probably better than making full sequels for a lot of them. First of three new Pixar series coming to Disney Plus is Doug Days, a spin-off from Up, featuring Doug the Dog. Okay. Um, then they're going ahead with a new series following Lightning McQueen and Mater on a road trip across the country. So, you know, like the Cars fan in your life can dive into that. I'll avoid it like the plague. Sure. Um, and then their first ever long-form original animation animated series, Win or Lose. Show follows a middle school softball team in the week leading up to their championship game, and each episode's told from the perspective of a different character. Um, I'm I'm interested by that. Pixar doing a long form TV show. Okay, let's let's go. Let's yeah. see what you've got. Why not? You yeah. got the budget. Let's do it. The next feature film is Luca, um, uh, which is about a friendship over an unforgettable summer. That's out next summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Turning Red, um, the which directed by the uh, the director of Bao Bao. Remember the one about the dumpling? Oh the yeah, short that was film. Good. That was yeah. Good. Um, uh, it's about Mai. She experiences the awkwardness of being a teenager with the added twist. When she gets too excited, she transforms into a giant red panda coming sure. to cinemas early 2022. Sure. Um, then the news that stirred controversy in some camps. Uh, in 2022, we are getting Lightyear, which is a oh, film yes. a film about the story the Buzz Lightyear toys are based on. So it's, yes. not, it's not about Buzz Lightyear, the action figure. It's probably in universe. Uh, it's probably going to ignore the Toy Story films completely. It's basically Pixar doing an, a sci-fi action adventure movie yes. about Buzz Lightyear joining um, uh, what they called Star Command. So yes. that's what it is. Chris Evans is voicing Buzz Lightyear. A lot of people kicked off and went Tim Allen or no, and it's like, really? I mean, yeah, he's Buzz Lightyear, but he's this isn't that Buzz Lightyear. You're saying no to Captain... Sure, fine, whatever. Sure. Also, Tim um, Allen's kind of an asshole, so... Yeah. In fact, I read an interview with Chris Evans. He talked about the fact that when they first approached him about it, he was like, but Tim Allen is is uh, Buzz Lightyear. And they went, yeah, but you're not playing that Buzz Lightyear. He was like, okay. 
<laughs> like, okay. I'll take it. And the the still they've released is very 2001: A Space Odyssey in, in yeah, its look, yeah. and it's it's a good interpretation of that character in a more like you know a less toyetic setting. Yeah. Also, it means Chris Evans is the the third on screen canonical Buzz Lightyear after Tim Allen and Patrick Warburton um, for the uh, animated series. Yeah, of course. As Disney say in their announcements, it was inevitable. Updates from Marvel Studios. WandaVision! January 15th. That new trailer is fucking beautiful. I'm very excited for that. Especially when Monica Rambeau shows up and it's like, how'd you get her? She's like, I don't know. And the eeriness of this is so freaky. It looks very odd. Get glimpses of of Kat Dennings and like other characters that are popping up and you're like, what the hell is happening? This is weird. I want it now. Well, we don't have to wait long. Another three weeks. Bring it mm. on. Um, is it going to be week by week? I kind of hope so. I've been enjoying the Mandalorian appointment style. Yeah. Again. That's it's been fun. It's Saturday morning ritual for us. Yeah. Now it's over. So, yeah. More I'll telly, please. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, we knew about this. March 25th, 2022 is the yep. new uh, date. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams. Yes. Well done. Give well fucking do done. Time. Um, uh, one that I didn't know, uh, at all is, uh, apologies for mispronouncing this, uh, uh, Zox, Zoxitil, uh, Gomez, I'm sorry, I'm very sorry, uh, as America Chavez. All right. Interesting. Um, and Shiratel Ejiofor is returning, which yes. makes me very happy because I'm like, I'm sorry, if you do a bunch of Doctor Strange movies. And Mordo isn't fucking Baron Mordo. I'll be very upset. Yeah. You set it up in the post credits. Don't leave it hanging. He makes an excellent villain. I want to see him go bad, go bad guy in this. Yeah. They also confirm that, yes, it is directed by Sam Raimi. And it is part two of three stories. The first being WandaVision. The All second right. being Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. And the third being the as yet untitled spider-man sequel which puts a lot of okay hype slash information into the rumors and now confirmed things for that movie which makes as you know makes me sad because i don't want it i don't want it i don't particularly want that either but hey we'll see what happens but knowing that sam raimi's involved in its inception gives me some faith at least because if they are going to turn back to his era as part of their next story, at least he's setting it up in this film. But also, they'll so. have already filmed that Spider-Man film by the time they film this. Oh no, this is um, this has already been in production. Um, they've not done has location. It? Yeah, they've not done location stuff. Oh shit! All right. Yeah, yeah they've been they've been squirreling away. They've Fucking been squirreling hell. away on this one. You've probably noticed Elizabeth Olsen's been relatively quiet on a lot of social media. Because okay. um, she is also supposedly the antagonist of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Spinning oh, out of the All events right. spinning out of the events of WandaVision. So Well this shall see. Marvel Studios, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which we knew about, but we now have a fucking really fun teaser trailer for. Yeah, it looks uh, good. Is looks coming good. sooner than we thought, considering the delays. Uh we get WandaVision in January. Just over two months later in March, we get this show. That makes me happy. Um, highlights highlights in the trailer include a motorcycle chase and a really gorgeous sequence where the Falcon is like flying away from planes that are firing rockets at him through a canyon. Yeah, um, it looks like they spent some serious fucking money on this. They've gone action, 
action. Let's do action. action. Uh, the next bit of Marvel we'll get chronologically next year is, of course, uh, Black Widow coming out in May, uh, still yeah. selected as released to theatres. Yes. Um, so there we go. We shall see. Loki is coming May 2021. So yeah. basically, we're getting a lot of these Marvel shows next year. The reason this is significant is because the, they dropped what they call the first look, uh, which they usually do when they're like, you know... Um, oh, it's just a little featurette about it. No, this is a full-blown teaser trailer. Mm. And fuck me, does it look good. Yeah, it <laughs> it's, looks really interesting. It's it's what we thought it was. It's Loki dealing with the, the uh, what's it, the time and thingy intervention time agency. And, and Owen Wilson is indeed playing that character who was basically a knockoff of Doctor Who in the Marvel comics after they weren't allowed to use him anymore. Like, and, <laughs> and and the settings are great. They're calling back to recent designs, like the, the, the whole uh, presidential stuff from a few years ago. Like he's literally there with the goddamn button and the green waistcoat. Some people have spotted similarities with the plane sequence to a real life conspiracy about a guy who apparently went missing mid-flight. Oh, and, Cooper. And, yeah, and the way he's dressed... in it and it's like wait no it looks really interesting i am so intrigued by this now yeah um and it's great to think we're getting it way sooner than we would have done as well like we were going to be getting this much later and now no it's a trilogy (laughs) like january march may there's your three marvel shows impressive Um, speaking of in summer we get what if a trailer that gave me freaking goosebumps oh yeah um especially because you don't think of the words what if as being remotely sort of like what you know like atmospheric or or whatever but as soon as jeffrey wright saying that at the end i'm like hairs on arms standing on end um it looked gorgeous and it's kind of uh it's kind of sad to hear t'challa talking because you're like oh yeah. god is it is this is this technically the last thing that's going to be released after his passing like because everybody recorded their stuff for it a few years ago so and nearly every yeah. Marvel, nearly every person's reprising their role uh, in the epi- this trailer as well. Only really shows us like three or four of them. Like mm. there's a lot left off the off the table. But Sam Jackson, um, Haley Atwell, um, Michael Rooker, like you hear them all in the trailer. Um, yeah, Shang Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, we're still getting it next year, and we're getting it in July. In fact, uh, uh, Simu Liu, uh, who's playing Chang- uh, Shang Chi. Uh, has been very openly talking about the fact that, yeah, we've been filming it. Like, we're making it right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Um, cast list, interestingly, no longer lists the Mandarin. So either they're hoping we forget, or the character is going under a different pseudonym. Yeah. We'll see. Um, Ms. Marvel, we get a little reel showing some of the filming's already happened, uh, with Iman Vellani in the role. Uh, looks like they're really focusing on the family aspect. She's way younger than I realized. She looks super tiny and like a proper youngster. So I guess they're going for the whole, yeah, let's do it. Kid superhero. Let's well, go. I, th- I think uh, she's supposed to be like 14 when she starts off, isn't she? So I think that's... Mm. She look- 14 she... year olds are younger than you think they are. Yeah. I'm, I'm just old. I'm close to also, the grave. Also, we watch, we watch a lot of TV shows where fucking 25 year olds are playing 14 year olds. That's true. Um, so... She's she's not only playing Ms. Marvel in Ms. Marvel, she's uh, reprising the role in Captain Marvel 2, now confirmed, coming out late 2022. Great. Uh, Brie Larson, of course, reprising a role as Carol Danvers. Um, 
and Monica Rambeau, played by Tiona Paris from WandaVision. So cool. Based on Ms. Marvel and, and Monica Rambeau being in it, it's set present day. So we have a Captain Marvel movie set present day. Yeah. Um, All right. Eternals. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the date. They don't mention it. So um, it, it was pending for next November. Maybe it still is, but no confirmation or whatever. Just a reminder of who the cast are. Which is weird because that's done. Yeah. Oh, it was, it, we would have seen it by now. Yeah, so. that's, that's in the can. So odd. Uh, Hayley Steinfeld is indeed playing Kate Bishop alongside Jeremy Renner in um, original series Hawkeye. Yeah, that's been filming. Seen bits of that. And it looks like they're just flat. Was it Pizza Dog? So, yeah. 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 Um, oh, additional... If you just see how they use elements from that story with mm. this version of Hawkeye. I mean, they'll find a way. Like, they'll find it. Sometimes they just repurpose titles, don't they? I mean, Age of yeah. Ultron had fuck all to do with Age of Ultron, but it made for a good title for... For that I mean, story, it's just like so... the, the imagery they're using as well, which is mm. from that run. Which mm. is, I'm just curious as to how they're going to sort of what they're going to use. I mean, I guess it depends. I guess it depends on when it's set too. Yeah, I suppose. Um, additional cast for that show include Vera Farmiga, uh, Farafri, uh, and newcomer Alaqua Cox as Maya Lopez. Okay. Um, she Hulk arrives at the MCU and she pulled the fucking wall over our eyes. Tatiana Maslany is playing Jennifer Walters and She Hulk, with the additional information that not only will Ruffalo be appearing in the series as Bruce Banner, which he'd also denied. Yep, but previously. Tim Tim Roth is returning yeah. as Abomination. That makes me very very happy. Yeah, pissed off cool. and ready for round three, sir. Um. Moon Knight, original series, about a complex vigilante coming to Disney+. Plus. No confirmations. Probably Oscar Isaac. Um, new reveal. Samuel L. Jackson is back as Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn as Talos uh, in Marvel Studios' original series, Secret Invasion. So we're getting evil scrolls. We're getting them. We're just getting them in a, in a miniseries. So, Which bodes well sure. for another upcoming Marvel project. Yeah, it does. Um, Ironheart. Riri Williams. There are two shows spinning out of the late Tony Stark's legacy. Um, Dominique Thorne is playing Riri Williams, an original series about the creator of the most advanced suit of armor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that's going to be fun. But also Don Cheadle's playing Rhodey in Armor Wars, a classic Marvel story about Tony's worst fear come true. What happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands? I think since they've also suggested that... Um, uh, Oh, God. I'm having a moment. What's his name? Sam. Love him to bits. And my brain's frozen. Who? What? Play, play Iron Man 2. Plays uh, Hammer. Oh, uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. There's been suggestions that Sam Rockwell is reprising his role as Justin Hammer for Armor Wars. That would make sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Meaning that this series is a sequel to Endgame and Iron Man 2. So, fair enough. All right. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is not mentioned, though we know it is still going to happen. But we're getting an additional bit of Guardians of the Galaxy in the meantime. Christmas 2022 gives us the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, written and directed by James Gunn. Um, I, I love the fucking balls on them for that. <laughs> Just yeah, like, that's quite good. Fuck it. Like, Lego, you, you taking the piss now? Cool, we're going to take the piss now. Let's all reference this thing we're not allowed to talk about from the Star Wars universe and make our own. Um, we're also getting a series of shorts, apparently live action, uh, featuring several new and unusual Marvel characters called I Am Groot, which will be coming to Disney+. Plus. 
Sure, why not? Uh, Christian Bale is not only confirmed for being in Thor Love and Thunder, but holy shit balls, he's playing Gore the God Butcher. Which is... Uh, the best choice? Interesting. The yeah. best choice? That's a pretty fucking good choice. Um, Blade with Mahershala Ali. We've known about this since last summer. No date as of yet, but it's on its way. One that we heard whispers of, but there's still no confirmation. And even after the announcements last year, everyone went, what about me? Well, now we know. There is a third Ant-Man film coming. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is in development. Uh, Paul Rudd, uh, Evangeline Lilly, Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer all returning. Uh, Catherine Newton joins the cast as Cassie Lang, which has kicked up a stink online because this is not the actress who played her in Endgame. And the actress who played her in Endgame, according to her social media, found out that she wasn't going to be in this when this announcement dropped. That shit. That is shitty. Um, and it makes you wonder what the circumstances are as to why that went that way. Um, yeah. But also we have confirmation of a story we've talked about a couple months ago. Jonathan Majors is indeed playing Kang the Conqueror. Sure. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Sure. Which again, bodes, bodes well for something else in the Love future. It. Love it. Black Panther 2 is happening. It is coming out summer July, uh, July 8th, 2022. It's being written and directed by Ryan Coogler, as before. Honouring Chadwick Boseman's legacy and portrayal, Marvel Studios announced they will not recast the character, but will explore the world of Wakanda and the rich characters introduced in the first film. I'd like to throw my hat in the ring there. Please do not make Shuri the Black Panther in this continuity. I don't think Letitia Wright deserves to be held up aloft as an example of a good person anymore. <sighs> See her Twitter feed. But when you've got Nakia in this continuity... And Lupita Nyong'o being an absolute fucking hero, maybe make Nakia the Black Panther. Just, I'm not saying get get rid of Shuri. Just don't make Shuri the Black Panther. But they'll work something out. I'd, I don't know. She seems a bit deep in the old conspiracy hole. But anyway, they've got they've got top men on this. But but but, but top but, men. Cut to Letitia Wright being pushed through a room full of crates going, I don't get it. Are you going to put me in a crate? No, no, we're just, we're just showing you our crates. Furiously um, typing about Luciferin. Um And the final announcement. Oh, the final announcement made me happy inside my balls and everywhere else. Um, John Watts, director of Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. And uh, a clown. And, and clown. Yeah, and clown. <laughs> And 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 and, cl- and clown. <laughs> Great bit of schlock. It is. It's bloody horrible. It's really bloody horrible. Um, after rapping on Spider-Man Far From Home sequel, yes. will direct Marvel's first family in Marvel Studios Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yes. 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 And what I love about this even more is, we've talked about it before, there's an Easter egg in Far From Home about Fantastic Four. When he's swinging through the city at the end with MJ. Now, on the billboard behind him, Mm. Avengers Tower's being worked on, and the thing says, it's it's all these billboards up on the construction site, and it says, we can't wait for you to see what's next. And it has a one in a circle, and then a line, and a two in a circle, and a line, three in a circle, and a line, and then a question mark in a circle. Now... Uh, that's the last film of phase three so it could just be a 
it's a little cheeky bit of set design to be like phase four's next like hey this is going to be great we can't wait to la 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 because obviously far from home came out and then like three weeks later it was comic-con where they announced all the stuff that was happening yeah. but stark tower no longer belongs to stark it's not avengers tower it's being rebuilt we see construction being done on it and now they've announced that the director of the film that has that Easter egg in it is the director of the Fantastic Four movie. Mm. They've been hinting this since last year. They've been teasing it. Little, 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 little fucking bollock tease. John Watts, hmm. John Watts directed that sequence. John Watts has directed the Fantastic Four movie in Phase 4. Cast, please. Anyway, Mando was good, right? Um, so yeah, uh, oh, uh, Krasinski and Blunt, and figure out the rest later. Um, John Krasinski as Sue Storm, and Emily Blunt as Reed Richards. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I mean, anything, anything come to the top of the pile for you in terms of like TV series or films where you're like, that's the thing that you could get rid of the rest of it. And that makes me happy. Not counting, not counting One Division, considering it's out in like a week. <laughs> I just want Fantastic Four, yeah, directed, piped into my eyes right now. Yeah, I want some good Fantastic Four content in my brain hole. Yeah, uh, that or after the after the pitch trailer, um, Rogue Squadron, because just like Patty Jenkins' pitch in that trailer, it's like, I I want to hear you tell this story to me. I want you to tell me the story. Um, yeah, Fantastic Four. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Fantastic. <laughs> Mandalorian. Uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoilers. Two Mandalorian. Episodes well, fifteen, sixteen. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. Because if you if you're not already watched them and you're waiting for our thingies, then you you really should have just watched them. Yeah, you've seen them. You know what happens. Bill Burr. I that was probably my least favorite episode of the first series. The the heist one. We get in the the twin like account thing. A lot. Like it was, I thought it was fine, but it was the one where when I, I look back over, it was sort of like that's the one where I'm the most indifferent. I think I'll see it differently now because this was its payoff. At least for Bill yeah. Burr's character. Because let's um, not forget, they shot this season without knowing what people were going to react to the first season. Like yeah. most of the, they were shooting this when the first season before the first season had finished airing. Yeah. So it's not yeah. like they've had time to go, oh, what do people really like about And it's the, the same first season? the same director of this episode was the director of that one too. So yeah. it, it they obviously were like, here's the long game. You're gonna tell part one of his story here and part one there part yeah. two in this series and they're going to be at different places and it's sort of at first i was kind of annoyed that this was the plot of the penultimate after the stakes at the end of um at the end of the tragedy the tragedy yeah. ends with grogu being taken away by what we then later have confirmed as in in universe there's the dark troopers and mando uh alongside boba and oh ming now when's character i keep forgetting the name fennec shand fennec that's it alongside them it's like right we are going to help you like we said that we would do everything we can to make sure that the child is, is safe so we're coming with you and then they go and recruit um cara dune and realize that they have to break someone out so episode six teased that they were going to break out um uh, uh Bar's character and Yes, episode seven is they break him out. And I was sort of annoyed. I was like, really? Is this going to be it? Like, the stakes that high? You're going to do this for a week? What they do is they really establish that the Empire are essentially brainwashed people who've been led to believe this is a better way of life. Doesn't make them right for what they're doing at all, and it doesn't make them forgivable, but it blurs the lines. 
the bit where they're all applauding when they manage to avoid the pirates blowing them up and they get back to the what's it. It's like it's the very... first time we've ever kind of seen sort of stormtroopers be jovial. It's very human. Very it's really, it's it? really disarming because you're like, yeah. oh, oh, okay. And then you get to see sort of the whole, the other side of it where the Admiral is just being an absolute cunt basket and oh, being Rick, a piece uh, of shit. Richard Brake, that actor, is so good. great at being slimy fuckers. So good. And, and the, the whole, the whole, like that was when I finally was like, okay, I'm on board. Because what you are doing is you are really trying to set up what's at stake in the wider universe. Yeah. And why the use of Grogu for whatever it is Gideon's got planned is a bad thing. Whatever it is he has planned, it is a bad thing because, like, this is the mentality of the people in charge of this stuff. Oh my god, everyone's screwed. Um, the 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 pirates on the the skiffs, like, trying to get him. That sequence was fantastic. Mando having to wear a stormtrooper armor and clearly feeling uncomfortable was great. Um, and it all on his all his gear being shitty. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the high the absolute highlights were. The moment where uh, Thingy flips his lid and kills the admiral, because it, it oh, feels yeah, the, completely the earned. Whole speech with with him is just oh, and that whole look, good. that whole look to each other of like y- you know what's about to happen, and we're gonna have to fight our way out of here now, because <laughs> they get what they came for. They get the information on Moff Gideon's uh, Star Cruiser, and then they have to stay there and make nice. And of course, the whole. Uh, the 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 broken rule of him removing his helmet. As that well. scene was the highlight for me. So it was good. so everything, everything so from them good. getting into the base mm. to <clears throat> basically the end of the episode was just ah. Oh, Boba very, with a Boba with a slightly upgraded look. He's painted his armor. He's yeah. got he's got rid of his beige tunic. The tunic is gone. He's now just in the black robes, wearing the armor plates over the top. Not giving um, a fuck. No, no Black Series figure announced yet, so until they are, I'm eyeing up tiny cloaks for my boba. Oh, he um, looks so good. He looks great. Um, uh, and then we move into episode 16. So we still don't know what Grogu's being used for specifically, but based on the clues this series, we can ascertain that it's for Palpatine or Snoke or whatever the plan, sort of, whatever plan evolves, because yeah. this is not the First Order yet. This is the Empire in its broken form doing something for someone at the top. Even if they don't know who that is, they're still like, oh, the Empire's yeah. reach is this and we're going to restore order and la 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 la. Meanwhile, their scientist is trying to harvest the midichlorians of this child who we now know for, because of the series is a is a youngling from the, the Academy on Coruscant. Yeah. Like, this is, a, this is a kid who was being raised to become a Jedi and has a high midichlorian count and they have a cloning facility we find out halfway through the series and they're trying to make something and it's vague enough but it's like is that snoke that's kind of snoky is that a, is that like a mutated snoke is this is this the, the snoke equivalent of that room with all the ripley's in from alien resurrection <laughs> um so it's it's which, which kind of sucks. Yeah, well, exactly. But that's the thing. I think Exegol's like the final. It must be like the oh, they've perfected it by this is where they flee to. Exegol's just something that JJ Abrams pulled out of his ass. So yeah, he pulled it out. He pulled he pulled it out of his exit hole. Um, so if we if we see the culmination of this in the Mandalorian, I'd be surprised. I think this was all huh huh and moving on because I think the real main is the New Republic. 
Maybe, but the real story of all this ultimately has just been about the bond forming between single dad and his green baby. Like, that's oh. what it's been about. So when he delivers that monologue at the end of um, number seven, and it's almost word for word what Gideon said to them outside yeah. the canteen in series one. Yeah, and it just, really But good. it feels much more dangerous because you know what he will go through to save him. And it's like... So when they recruited Bo-Katan and her uh, her lieutenant, I was so happy. I was like, "Yes, get Love a mando, get a between. mando death squad in, do it." Love the animosity <laughs> between Bo-Katan and Boba as well. Yeah, the idea again further reveals that you're not a Mandalorian. It's like it's my father's armor. Like, why? Why does that? So is she being racist because she knows his father is not a thingy? But then you realize, no, she's being racist. Because he's a clone. She's being clonist. Yeah, she's being clonist. She's like, no, I like, I've, I've heard, I've heard your voice a thousand times. She says, and it's sort of like, oh shit, yeah, that's a good point. Also, that's a good point. Also, Django she... was sort of an outcast from Mandalorian society. Like he basically, yeah. he he was a foundling, and then eventually ended up as a bounty hunter doing his own thing. He's not. And now we know. And now we know that, like, we have more sympathy for that side because we've seen it through Din. Like, we've watched yeah. Din's story, and he, Din and Django's stories were basically the same up to a point. Mm. So it's sort of like I love the levels of that. I love that little scuffle in the bar ending with two flamethrowers just blazing yeah. into each other <laughs> and then getting them, and getting them nowhere. It's like, what are you fucking doing? Get up! Um, I do feel like we we didn't get. Here's the thing. I I got the feeling that we didn't get enough boba for our book in these three episodes when you I watch know, them all back got, to back we got more boba than we ever got in the original that's true yet. but like it's it's sort of the, the tragedy makes a big point of being like this guy's on your side look what he's capable of holy shit here we go boys like episode episode 14 is like here we fucking go the mandalorians got Din teaming up with boba fett and then for two episodes boba fett's over there in slave one just sort of flying around a bit i guess <laughs> But I don't mind because of what the main story actually is. And they really establish the idea of it's his ship. So he's on guard duty. He's flying around. He's shooting stuff out of the sky. Yeah, you don't think he's going to trust anyone else to fly Slave 1, do you? Oh, God, no. Um, I love that I love that in the, episode, uh, the seventh episode, we actually see how the fuck Slave 1 functions when it yeah. comes from its landing position. Into the, you see the room around them moving as they are clearly being readjusted into the, the vertical position. It's, really it's like, cool. that's clever. That's really clever. I used um, to have uh, the old toy of Slave One when yeah. I was a kid, and that's a hand. There was a handle underneath it, so you put your hand in the handle, lifted it <gasps> up, and then you like, held tilted it. it. Then, yeah, like a, like a gun, basically. Oh god, that's so cool. And there's a little catch, and you did the catch, and then the wings went into the upright position. I'm I'm so annoyed it's with my mum cool. for many reasons, but one of them is that she got a lo- rid of a load of my older toys. Um, that were in the loft when I moved down to London without telling me. And when I came oh, back, no. I was just like, what? Including uh, the only two Star Wars ships that I had, which were a TIE fighter and an X-Wing. Oh. Uh, from from the 90s, like, you know, thingy of the force or whatever. Like, Power I would, of the force. Power yeah. of the force. I would love to have them still because they those ships were beautiful. And I always wanted Slave One. I always wanted Slave One. I, I, Slave One is. I, I had a I had a speeder bike from Jedi, so I was always happy with that. It was the one where like if you, you pressed a button on the back, it blew up, like it all <laughs> fell apart. That was quite cool. Um, Very good. But yeah, so that bit where he's flying toward the Imperial cruiser, and I love that they set that up. It's like yeah, this is an Imperial starship, but it's a cruiser, so it's like a tenth of the size. 
they're operating on a small crew on purpose so as not to alert anyone, but they've got like maybe well, also 50, they don't they've got have like as many yeah troopers left. Like, they they have not like recruiting anymore. They have like fifty on board. They have some scientists. They have like a few officers who I guess escape because we don't see them again. That there was one officer where they they were showing up a lot throughout the series. The one who was like talking to Gideon the most. Yeah, and we see them toward the start of this story, and then they're not in it again. You're like, oh, maybe they got out. I don't know. But um, either escape or they're all dead. All dead. But they don't need that many people on board because they got the dark troopers. Oh that, man! So the the ship entrance into the front of the cruiser was fucking brilliant. Like yeah. Slave One just firing away, firing away, firing at Tie Fighters, and then just moves out the way as um, what's it? Uh, uh Bo-Katan's ship just like, which again was an Imperial ship because she she stole, nicked, she stole it in Episode yeah. Three. Uh, just no, no, it's a different. Tr- it's 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 not. The one she's done in episode three is the shuttle they steal at the beginning of this one. It's Pushing. Oh, yes, yeah. And then she plows straight. That sequence yeah. was great as well. Like, you know, um, fuck Gina Carano. But, like, Cara Dune, the way that moment's played, and she just point blank shoots the guy in the face. Yeah. And you see the, the scientist's reaction is like, oh, God. Like, he's, he's holding his ear because obviously he's just heard, like, laser hit flesh right next to his head. Like, it's, oh, God, grim. Grim. Um, so they crash oh, through. They don't, don't tease Alderaan survivors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Oh, I love that. The whole, like, I was on the Death Star. Really? Which one? Very <laughs> It's just like, yeah. But, like, when they crash in and then they start the assault and then Mando sneaks out to go and find Grogu. Yeah. Um, highlights going forward. Uh, all the combat's fantastic. The fight with the Dark Trooper, the single Dark Trooper, is oh, so good. It's very, very good. Just completely establishing that, yeah, these guys have no chance of ever surviving this, ever. He only manages to win because the Beskar spear pierces its, like, head and yeah. it shuts down. Um, so when he then released the airlock and they all went out, I was simultaneously disappointed we wouldn't get to see them again, but really happy that like, yep, he got out of it alive. Run, Din, run! <laughs> Go find your baby! Your space baby! Find um, your baba. Uh, bo of course, wants to get the Darksaber back off of Gideon. Gideon is well aware of what their plans would be. Um, Giancarlo Esposito is a don. He He's is so good. So He's good. So good. It's great to get because obviously, you know, people think of, when they think of thought of him having to go at a villain, we've got him primarily in, in Breaking Bad as Gus Frayne. Um the upcoming Far Cry. Yeah, the upcoming Far Cry game. He obviously is going to be leaning back into uh, that yeah. personality a bit. Um he's obviously got the slime ball thing going on in the boys and whatnot, but this is him being a Saturday morning cartoon villain. Beautiful. Albeit a very classy one. Yeah, yeah. and he's just like, I mean, later on in the episode we've been handcuffed and he's he's just smiling with bloody teeth and he just doesn't give a fuck because he's like i i know exactly where this is going you wonder if he almost lets mando to defeat mando defeat him because he knows then what happens next because he says like you're keeping me alive yeah. interesting because he's like i get to watch i get to watch them figure out what's going to have to happen now because of course bo katan can't just take the dark saber she has to defeat the owner even though she did Yes. took it from Sabine. <clears throat> yes. But Rebels. that this implies that Gideon defeated and took it from her. So it's the get back. It's and like he says, it's not it's not a thi- it's not the uh, the saber, it's the story. Yeah. Like, so presumably she so, was the pretender yeah. after Rebels because Sabine offered the dark saber and she took it. She didn't beat yeah. Sabine to take it. Mm. So like she's been determined and now Mando's got it. 
and it's complicated. And that's the thread I'm interested up interested in seeing them follow up yeah. on. Because he's just like, just take it. Just and she's, the way she, Kate Sackhoff plays it so well. The way she's staring at him, it's like you fucking no, I can't just take it. She's so conflicted, but then they all get interrupted because that's when Grogu's Jedi beacon from two episodes ago gets answered. Well, no, first the Dark Troopers turn back up again. Well, they well, yeah, they rock up, uh, flying back in, and as he points yeah. out, because because again. Gideon didn't watch him fight the Dark Trooper, but he's anticipated everything he would have done. He's like, your your gauntlet's out of out of ammunition. You'll have used it all up, and you blasted it sod all. It's like, God, when the Dark yeah. Troopers just punching Mando, and his helmet of course, like Beskar's, his helmet is not that they re- last episode. And this episode, they make a really big point of reinforcing that Beskar is like the shit, like it is yeah. the shit. Nothing can penetrate it. Doesn't mean he can't get beaten to death or exhausted and killed. <laughs> And the Dark Trooper just punching him and the helmet not moving, but the wall just denting behind yeah. him. It's like, oh my God. Um, oh God, when the gas opens up into it and he uses flamethrower and it just sets on fire inside and just looks at him like, you it's what, mate? You fucking what, mate? <laughs> it just pisses it off. So good. Um, so when they rock back up, it is like, the, it's tense. I rewatched it um, the evening. I watched it in the morning. And then I rewatched it late at night when I got back to my digs, and I was like, "Right, I, I just I want to I just want to watch it. While I'm going to bed. I want to watch it one more time." <laughs> and I took note of when that happens. The dark troopers return when there are nine minutes still to go, and I'm like, "That is a lot of time. Like that is either a full blown action set piece and a quick wrap up, wrap up, or it's or... what it's what they did. Which what they did was the real denouement of this, the real finale." was the emotional impact of the last minute and a half. That yeah. was the, that was what made it... For me, that was the most impressive thing about how the series ended. Grogu going with a Jedi Master and just having that one last moment of connection with Din. I just... When he raises his little hand and just presses it on the helmet and Din doesn't even look around. There's no, like, shots after... There's no shot after that moment of him, like, sort of looking to be like, do I do this? It's all static. And he just hand in helmet just takes it off and they have their first ever bit of actual eye contact and he just puts his little green little green paw on his chin it's it's amazing it's so good and he holds strong and then as he's walking away that sort of that mid shot of the thingy and din is stood there still helmetless not giving a fuck as he watches his little space baby go away and no close-ups but his eyes are fucking liquid. Like, just... Yeah. Oh, that, the best part about the whole finale for me was Pedro Pascal's performance in those... Pedro Pascal and the puppeteer's performance in those oh, moments. Oh, yeah, of course. Phenomenal work. The second most impressive thing about this last episode <laughs> was when the X-Wing turned up. Because... Yeah. Awesome. Let's face it, we, the, the the Dark Troopers are here and we're all waiting for a deus ex machina to get involved yeah. in some way. Even if it's them fighting them off and then something shows up. I think we're all probably thinking Boba Fett. Like, he's out there, he's circling the ship. Yeah. He's going to come back full firepower, you know, do something really no, badass. because he fucked off into hyperspace. What for, though? Because isn't uh, wasn't Fennec with the other ones? Yeah, so he must have come back to get Fennec, yeah. Yeah, so... He again, can we again can we just take a moment to appreciate that the majority of the action in this, this, this massive Star Wars product, once again, 
is a majority female team of badass action heroes saving yeah. the day. And you don't see the crybabies whinging about it here. So why are they whinging about it in the films? Anyway, I think they do somewhat in some places, but I'm fuck stay out of those places now. Fuck those guys. Guys, I look up small dick energy. The point is, <laughs> it, it's not about the size of a member. It's about the a mentality. Uh, the point is, um, the X-Wing rocks up and it's like, oh. And then a robed figure with a t- sort of quite a tall hood comes out yeah. and you go, oh. A so-ka? And then a lightsaber lights up on the CCTV and you go, yeah, okay. And then you cut to it in the room and it's green and you go, <laughs> no. Yeah. They are not going there. Ladies and gentlemen, they fucking went there. They go there. So the Mandalorian set roughly eight years after the fall of the Empire. So it's set roughly eight years after Return of the Jedi. No, five years after Return of the Jedi. Five years after Return of the Jedi. Thank you. Um, this so is about not eight to nine years after A New Hope. Yeah. So this is not Old Man Luke. No. This he, is, he's barely thirty. He rocks up in his hood, and I'm like, the the, the kid in me watching this is just, oh my god, this is so cool. <laughs> the Adler in me is going well obviously we're not going to get a shot like it's going to be rocks up does the thing and Grogu goes to him and we see them on the CCTV or whatever either way that's cool I think that's really cool that of course in this part in point in the timeline there are only a handful of Jedi out there among the stars and we've met one of them in this series already Yeah, and it's not her so that's really cool okay they're doing Luke and then the fight keeps going as he just absolutely lays waste to the dark troopers in the same way that, and there's the internet's pointed out a million times, but they are there. There are parallel shots in this to the action sequence at the end of Rogue One with yeah. Vader uh, fighting through the rebels to get to the, uh, the, 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 the Death Star plans. And he's lifting people up to the ceiling and fighting someone over here and then dropping the person from the ceiling behind him or cutting through him. And Luke is doing that here with these droids. He's laying fucking waste to these things. Right down to the last one, just being like, forget Darth Vader choking admirals for insolence. <laughs> Luke just like uses his hand and this thing compacts like it's in a goddamn vice and then dies and drops to the floor. Like, there is some darkness in this guy. Oh, just yeah. like in Jedi. Like, we see it in Jedi, but it's all for a noble cause. Like, he's he's not... There's not a, you know, like, oh, he's a bad person, but he's doing it for the right reasons. It's like, no, what he's doing is genuinely for good reasons. But it's like, hey, Luke, maybe pull it back a little. Then again, we saw how bad the Dark Troopers are and how much damage they can cause. So it's like, yeah, he probably needs to make sure these things aren't going to turn on ever again. <laughs> and the droids, you know. Yeah. And then Star Wars, if Star Wars is taught us anything, it's that droids don't have souls, but also they do. So there's questions about the morality no, of them. Don't. No, these <laughs> ones don't. No, no. These, are, these are Terminators. These are T-800s in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, basically. Universe. And he doesn't break a sweat. He just strolls through them. Doesn't give a fuck. Strolls through. Din gets the doors open. He walks in. He pulls off his hood. And there's Luke fucking Skywalker. And he doesn't introduce himself as Luke. Like he doesn't say he's, he's never named on screen. Yeah. Because you know who he is. Yeah. Y'all know. Y'all real ones know, motherfucker. Real yeah. ones know. He just rocks up and does his thing, and it's like, okay. Performance capture, good. Facial mapping, honestly, the technology's not there yet. It's so but, close. But that's why they don't do anything elaborate. 
It's so close. And I think if you were an 11-year-old watching this show, you'd just go, yeah, yeah. there he is. That's him. Um, during it, I was my ears are obviously working overtime. I'm like, is that Hamill voicing him? No. No, it can't be. Credits, Hamill. Yep. He's now talked about the fact, on well, social media on the day and on the day after, he was just posting pictures of, no, no captions, but just pictures of himself going, shh. To camera, which is kind he of brilliant. Kept it secret for so long. Yeah, because it was he... nothing. It was not even. I don't even remember hearing a whisper mm. about Luke turning up in the Mandalorian. Well, he's already Hamill's already been in the Mandalorian. The one of the uh, the welding droids last series was voiced yeah. by him because he has a tradition in the modern Star Wars stuff of voicing something. Yeah, in everything, even Rise of Skywalker, which he's in, he still voices the uh, the, the 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 Resistance's um, info guy. The the like yeah the, like uh <laughs> freaking nintendo alien because it just looks like a character <laughs> from a nintendo game um but it, yeah mandalorian voice to droid last series this series motherfucker voices himself um which i'm impressed by because they've, they've definitely done some vocal modulation because mark hamill cannot sound like mark hamill sounded 30 40 years ago no it's impossible but you listen to him and you go that's jet that's jedi era luke skywalker yeah that's him that's 30-year-old Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Like, scar on his lip, everything. Like, there he is. Okay. Sure. Haircut's a little too neat. I would have liked a bit more scruff. But sure, whatever. Probably to do with the visual effects. Fine. We know that Luke's, young, young Luke can be done before because we see it in the flashback in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, we know that Leia could be done because of that in Rogue One. Again, still not quite there. Tarkin is great until you see him for more than 30 seconds repeatedly. And then you're like, right, okay, pull it back. Pull it back. He shouldn't be in the film this prominently. Like, he should be in maybe two scenes and that's it. Yeah, if he's going to be in it that much, recast <clears throat> him. Yeah, just recast. Um, I know, obviously, the internet's going, Sebastian Stan. It's like, yeah, he looks like young Mark Hamill. Maybe if they want to do more Luke going forward, that's the way to do it. Um, but I kind of hope they don't do more Luke going forward. Uh, but I do hope Grogu gets the fuck out of there. Because <laughs> otherwise, yeah. otherwise, about 15 years from now, <laughs> Ky- Kylo Ren's going to murder him. Um, but yeah, that it's just a sweet moment because you just realize, yep, this is the right thing for you to do, kid. You need to leave with him. You have to go with him. Be with your people and, and, and really, learn to protect yourself. Because that's what that's really what Luke sells on. It's like I will yeah. teach him how to how to protect himself. And it's like, yep, yes, that is well, what he also needs. The, the real neat thing about that whole scene is that Luke never pushes or insists. No, he just he stands just there, stoic, waits for them to have their moment. Grogu waddles over. Um, looking cute as a goddamn bean. Oh, um, and we also get an extra cheeky cameo from because obviously Luke flew an X-wing here, and you can't pilot an X-wing without your onboard droid. So R two wheels himself in, has a little cheeky like like R two moment, wiggling side to side, looking at Grogu, and you're just like, "Fuck, this is adorable. <laughs> this is adorable." Why? And I, you know, BB eight, good on you, but like, can we have more R two? <laughs> <laughs> R2 is wonderful. R2D2 is fucking wonderful, and I like seeing him in things. It makes me happy. So, um, yeah, the story of Mando is done. For now, the Book of Boba is next, beginning with what seems like a hostile takeover of the criminal yes. underworld on Tatooine. As soon as that began, I was like, Twin Sons? Okay, we. No, I. 
No. Of course, we never see Bib Fortuna die. He gets away. Yeah. And gets fat. <laughs> He's become a massive glutton. He sat on Jabba's throne, which originally, of course, there's no throne thrown there. It's just a big slab with a giant fat slug on it, <laughs> eating frogs and 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 groping uh, bikini-clad Twi'lek women. And now oh, it's he's like a practice that that um, Bib has is, continued is continuing, but now he's got a throne and is about seven hundred pounds heavier. Yeah, like his neck tendril is fucking huge now. <laughs> and. <laughs> And he's he he or someone in there when the, the fight kicks off when uh, Fennec arrives, someone yells McClunky, and it's like, oh, <laughs> oh, you cheeky bastards! Oh, it's great, it's great. Like the Mandalorian has now canonized Boba Fett being cool and McClunky definitely having been a word. Oh, um, I, I wa- we watched A New Hope uh, <laughs> over the weekend on, yeah, on Plus. On Disney Plus, yeah, McClunky. Unless you turn subtitle subtitles on. Mm. None of the alien language is subtitled. <laughs> That's weird. It's really weird. You have to turn. Uh, I mean, I, I guess, I guess you still get the gist of the conversation between Greedo and Han, but like the Han and Jabba stuff is unintelligible unless you've got subtitles on. <clears throat> Jesus, and it's also pointless because Han says things in that conversation which he then repeats later on in slightly different wording. Yes. Because they deleted that scene during production. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not great. It's bizarre. And then uh, uh, something I learned the other day, because of course uh, uh, Jeremy uh, Jeremy Bullock passed away this past week. We've lost yeah, two Star course. Wars legends in the past few weeks, Darth Vader and Boba Fett. Yeah. But um, uh, I learned that the Bob, the shot of Boba at the end of that, that was added obviously in the special editions after Han and, and Jabba have had the conversation and Boba like, walks into frame. With another Greedo alien that's dressed exactly the same as Greedo, even though we've just seen Greedo <laughs> die, and you're like, you could have just put another jacket on them, like a different jacket. Um, Listen, it was a tight budget, all right. Yeah, but you see, Boba. I only learned this past week that that wasn't um, in the original film, which obviously it wasn't, because like Boba was not in the original one. Like when they shot that scene, I mean. But I always kind of assumed it must have been. Because of Boba Fett being in the holiday special. I was like, that must have just been an armor design they loved and didn't use that scene. So they went, oh, we'll, no, we'll, we'll no, make this they, a character. They digitally input a Boba yeah. Fett in there. Yeah. In so, and it's yeah, the ma- only bit meaning of that there. Trickery that doesn't stick out like a sore yeah. thumb. Meaning that there are three films in the original trilogy, of course, where Boba Fett does fuck all. Yeah. <laughs> Except look cool. Um, well, he's the only person in Empire who gets what they want. Yeah. True. So he wins Empire by default because no everyone go- else loses. He's no good to me dead. He wasn't dead. There you go. So <laughs> he's no he good to down me Han. dead. Yeah. He gets Han. He joined them for dinner. To Jabba. He joined them like, for dinner. He, does, he, does, he gets what he wants. <laughs> he gets that bounty. Do you think Boba Fett has a better time than Darth Vader putting the straw up his helmet at the dinner table? <laughs> <laughs> um. To round out this 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 wick, uh, this little journey, um, yes. I've been away doing pantomime. Yes. Um, sort of like every every Christmas that we've done the show, but the difference here being it was Panto Live, which if you're listening to this before the end of January, pantolive.com, you can watch it pay-per-view. If you want a panto at home, you've got kids that need entertaining, or you're an adult who does not feel remotely ashamed shouting at the TV when somebody says, oh, no, it isn't. Then you can watch it, you buy a ticket, you stream it, you have access to watch it again and again. 
Um, it's a lot of fun. It, it was a fun. It was a gay old time. It was very strange. It was like a marriage of, of my sort of my two most prominent jobs so far, like CBBC presentation and pantomime, kind of had a baby because it's all in a green screen studio. The backgrounds and the special effects done by the Unreal Engine. Uh, it, it's an odd time, an odd yeah. odd time. But it got smeared thunkum. Um, pantomimes are usually fairy tales or old stories, you know, out of out of um, out of uh, copyright, what whatnot, uh, books or, or or folk tales and things like this. Uh, a lot of the more modern ones that you see tend to lean heavily into the lineup that's had a Disney adaptation. Yeah. Um, meaning that things like Mother Goose and and Puss in Boots and even Dick Whittington, um sort of fall by the wayside more often than not um dick Whittington seems to have a bit more longevity but i think it's just because it's an easy one to write jokes for because <laughs> and you know exactly what i mean without me yeah. even explaining it so there yeah. we go um but yeah like in the last last sort of 10 years snow white and beauty and the beast have had a massive push in performances despite not really being as common as, say, Aladdin, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, and all these others over the years. Um, we did Cinderella. It were fun. Uh, the critic in me was like, I've done three of these now. I think I could write a better one than all of them. So I'm spending my first week of January writing a Cinderella to sell. Um, she's got no choice. Uh, <laughs> but it got me thinking, why... Do we have to wait a couple hundred years or more to adapt things into pantomimes? Why do we do that? Why not do it right hecking now with stories okay. from the last few decades? Okay. So you've you've you come up with a couple, I believe. Yeah. I've I I've I've sort of got one and I, I wanna bounce it off you, see if we can make it work. And I think All I'm right. I'll, I'm gonna start if that's okay, because I wanna it feeds back it. into what we've just talked about. Um Go for it. Why isn't Star Wars a pantomime? Specifically the 1977 movie. <laughs> Think about it. In Act 1, we have a young dreamer, Luke yeah. Skywalker, who's got big yeah. ideals and, and big, you know, big ideas and aspirations and wants something more. Along yeah. the way, he meets the girl of his dreams uh, in, a, in a comedic <laughs> happenstance. It just happens to be his sister. But, but we don't know that. <laughs> we don't know that yet. So there's that. Um... It ends with a big finale that's kind of rushed in a weird way because all pantomimes, yeah. the last scene of every pantomime before the oh song sheet shout outs bows, is the most boring scene. Not for lack of trying, but it's because we all know how these stories end. So you just want to get to the end of the fucking scene. <laughs> mm -hmm. We know she's going to try on the slipper. We know he's going to beat Abanaza in a sword fight. We know he's, the prince is going to kiss Snow White and she'll wake up. We know. We know this is going to happen. <laughs> that scene is such a weird slog of jokes delaying the inevitable. That's what it is. So, Star Wars kind of has that too. You just pantomime it by making the trench run a, seri <laughs> a series of back and forth vaudevillian jokes between Luke and Darth Vader overcomes. You just have two actors on wires flying around the stage. Yeah, come on. Okay. Come on, while Han Solo and Chewie are at the front going like, Luke, 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 oh, getting God. the crowd to cheer them on. Yeah. Um, we we have the princess, literally a princess. Yeah. Um, the, com princess. the comedic relief 
probably C-3PO. Lean into the sassy rather than the uh, the, the assy. Um, like, really lean into the sass and make C-3PO your comedic relief. Or, alternatively, R2's the comedy relief, who only yeah. speaks in whistles, Harpo Marx style. And 3PO's the dame. <laughs> Which kind of feels right now that I've said it out loud. Yeah, 3PO is the dame. 3PO's the dame. Um... Drop Han and Chewie, because I have no fucking clue what you're going to do with them. Unless Han and Chewie are the featured dancers <laughs> who just have one really big set piece at yeah, the end sure, of Act 1. sure. Because um, why not? Because uh, you always have that one male dancer who is just like annoyingly drop-dead gorgeous who's like the one that everyone leaves the show and the mum's like, oh, I like that dancer. Oh my <laughs> god, it was him. Oh, it was him. Well, there you go. That's Han Solo. You cast that dancer as Han Solo and okay. you, da- you dance the dafter dancer you dress them in a fucking carpet from head to feet and they're Chewbacca. Um, but most importantly, your fairy godmother is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. <laughs> Always lit blue, downstage right. Um, and <laughs> when they show up in the story, he has to have a wand instead of a lightsaber. <laughs> has to. Like okay. tiny little wings coming out of the back. Okay. So yeah, because um, then you could do the ghost gag in act two. Like Luke could be Luke could be making right. his way to the X Wing right. and he thinks he hears a ghost and like him and Chewie and Han C three PO and you do that we'll have to sing it again then won't we whilst Obi Wan Kenobi painted blue is dancing <laughs> around behind them um so the, the the template is there there is stuff there um and Vader's got to be your big celebrity booking like Vader's yeah. got to be the the big star that sells the show but you're not allowed to take the mask off them once throughout the whole thing. It's called, no, the, a, it's called the Pedro Pascal contract. You do a dark helmet where it just keeps coming down. It keeps sliding it up. Yeah. Who else is an asshole here? Yo! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, wow. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids wasn't announced during the shareholder. Do you know what? Deviation. So, Star Wars. Why is it not a pantomime? Why is it not a pantomime now? I'll tell you why it's not a pantomime. Oh? Because pantomimes are awful. Hey! I resemble (laughs) that remark. (laughs) Um, Pantomimes are strangely obsessed with flipping genders. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the the Commedia Um, dell'arte tradition slash we don't want to show actual sexual contact. So Peter Pan and Wendy are going to be two women kissing. And half the audience just going, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, no, this is this is definitely not filthy at all. Mm, okay. Um, I'm talking about like 100, 100 years ago when everyone's just objectifying everybody. Nowadays, of course, nobody sexually objectifies anybody at all. At all, ever. Um, so By the way, about... v- Visa and MasterCard, pay, pay adult sex workers properly, you bastards. Sorry, carry on. So, so I thought I'd go with um, the sort of flipping identity theme okay let's do a freaky friday panto oh shit yes yes um okay we have we have a couple we have a couple things so to draw on here yeah 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 mother is the dame <laughs> oh shit. so the daughter is actually the mother who is the dame so the dame is playing the mother He's playing the daughter in the mother's body. Yeah. And then 
the younger girl is playing the dame <laughs> in a girl's body. So you just flip yeah. those ideas. Yeah, so suddenly so you, you have your young panto. female lead having to be Christopher Biggins. Yeah, you do <laughs> You do the entire panto, but the female lead acts like the dame and the dame acts like the female lead. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, do you know what? I bet you there'd be dames up and down the country going like, that sounds like a fucking challenge. Yeah, um, I'll do it. I've been dying to get the lead romance song. I've been dying to get the romantic leads piece. Well, well not because the, the 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 lead the lead female is still played by the like the celebrity young woman actress. Yeah, but yeah. acting like the dame. Oh yeah, meaning the dame has to suddenly channel their inner yeah. like you know. Uh, in a somebody from Corrie kind of yeah. like energy uh, and <laughs> and the sort of whole sort of jokey subplot about the dame trying to find a man that's in so many pantos becomes yeah. like the central subplot of <laughs> the mother character because it's and then the the sort of young love uh subplot like main plot becomes the main plot but it's the dame trying to make the young love happen for her daughter, whose body she's inhabiting. Oh, God, wait, their mother and daughter? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what if they end up getting with the guy and the guy at the end, the prince at the end is like, I I mean, if you and your mum fancy... Uh... Well, it's... Yeah, well, why not? Why not? Freaky so Friday, am I so, right? So, you know, it's, it's basically taking those two plots and switching the characters, but keeping <laughs> the bodies the same. So you're sort of inverting those roles and you've got to have the dame has got to convince her daughter's love interest that he's in love with the daughter and the daughter's got to convince the dame's love interest that he's in love with the dame but while they're in their own bodies. And oh then God. the big finale's the big finale's the prom. <laughs> yes! Yeah? The, 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 uh... 2020 yeah. Ryan Murphy adaptation of the musical from Netflix. Yeah. They just what we did. They yeah. just watch the prom at the end. It's just the prom. It's just the prom. So that's, that's your end. Big musical number is is they do the switch back and then they have the prom uh, and then everyone everyone's in love. Oh, I mean, I I I'm not joking when I say there would be a dame out there going, I would love that challenge. Bring it on. And there'd probably be more than a few romantic leads going, yes, give me jokes. Let me do jokes and act like a dame. Yeah. I want this. There and, is nothing like a dame. And you can sort of take the dame and fool combo mm-hmm. um, and really flip the entire genre on its head. Yeah. If you do Friday the 13th, the pantomime. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my God, please tell me where this is going. Cause, like... With Mrs. Voorhees and Jason as the dame... Damon, her comedy son? Yes! Yes! Have you seen my boy? Oh, he's always swimming. (laughs) He's behind you! He's wet behind the ears. In fact, he's wet everywhere. And it's just be... I I think that could be the perfect pantomime for the horror lover. Because instead of, like, uh, cream pies and uh, confetti and and what, and gunge or whatever, it's just gallons of fake blood. You get the splatter zone like Evil Dead the Musical. Yeah. 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 Oh, and then shit. It'll, yeah. It'll be. You know, he's behind you. Oh, no, he isn't. Oh, yes. Oh, no, he isn't. Dunk. Spurt. 
And then you can have a really <laughs> attractive cast of dancers and disposable leads. Your lead female becomes the final girl. Yeah. The hero is killed off halfway through for trying to have sex with the final girl. But the but the, the midpoint of Act 2 is where the script stops being played out on stage and whoever's playing Jason just actually starts bumping off everybody one yeah. by one. Yeah. And it gets recast once a week. The show's on once a week and it gets recast once a week. Think of it as pantomime meets too many cooks. <laughs> yes. That's the kind of tone I'm going for. Yeah. Yes. And the, I'm just picturing the entire front row made up of the killer from Too Many Cooks. <laughs> yes. Just like staring and, and da- um, staring through half lidded eyes with his beard and his greasy hair, just clapping away. <laughs> yeah. I want this. And he's gonna, there's going to be a, a dance slash murder sequence to Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. <gasps> yes. Yes. Well, of course, Jason can't <laughs> sing because he can't speak. But he can dance. Is he still going <laughs> to... Jason can't sing, boys and girls. Oh, But he can dance! He can dance! <laughs> and Mrs. Voorhees can sing. Don't stop him now. He's having such a good time. Oh, my son is having, having a ball. ball. Don't stop him now. <laughs> If you want to have a good time, just give, give him a, a call. call. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Light, just light it. We're ready to go. Just light it. <laughs> Since we're still in the festive series seri- season next week, folks, with our 53rd episode of the year, what the fuck calendar? Yeah, um, this year. What movies, genre film, horror, sci-fi, comedy, etc.? What would you turn into a pantomime and how would it work? Don't just say, I think this, and leave it at that. We want bullet points. Let us know who your key characters would be, any classic set pieces. What shoehorned modern pop song will feature in it? Um, Let us know. Or or not modern pop song, as the case may be. Yeah. Classic (laughs) pop song. Queen is forever. Jason Voorhees (laughs) only dances for 60 dates and then he goes to sleep for January. Um... (laughs) Let us know, bigdamncontact at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at bigdamncast on the Twitter, as that's how tweeting yes. works. You can support the show in any way, helps keep the lights on, slash the show stored online, patreon.com slash bigdamncast. The Big Damn channel on YouTube is where you can find all of our shit. And also, Matthew streams most Mondays and Fridays, but it's fucking Christmas. Give him, give, give him a break. On twitch.tv slash thebigdamnstream, minus the the. It's just Big Damn Stream. Um, yes. Until next time, I... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go eat some food. Yeah, and think, eat, think eat. a little harder on on Friday the Thirteenth. It's my spectacular. Oh, it'd be, it'd be bad guy by Billy Eilish. Yeah. That'd be in there. Yeah. Guess what? That'd be like Jason. Guess what? That was an hour. Bye, everybody. <laughs> we, we... <laughs> they always pick one that's in circulation. Bye, everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs>